Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast. I am your host, Digsies, and we are joined once again by our resident golf savant, Jake. Jake, what's going on, buddy? Life is amazing, Digsies. Thanks so much for having us back up on here. This is great. You know, we were so upset we were missing out last week. We, we missed you guys beforehand. I'm so sorry. My schedule conflicted. Life happens, but we are so excited to be back here to talk about all the fun that went on last week and how much fun was there, Diggs? Yes, there was a lot of fun in Orlando, and it's great. We're coming off of that. We got the Masters in a few days, so it's great right now in the golf world. And uh, hey, the alpha male of golf is back, Brooks Kepka. One live golf, Orlando, 15 under. He edged out Sebastian Munoz, who won the team event for Torque. Both of them got to celebrate on the 18th green at the same time. I believe that's the first time we've seen that. Um, Patrick Reed played well. Him and Burmester were 12 under. Three back of Brooks, but Brooks, man, he looks like he's healthy. He's back in form. Gotta love it, right? Absolutely. You know, this was something that we... I, I picked Brooks. This was a you know Florida course. Florida courses are a little different. You know the guys that you see play well on the on other tours when they play in California for like a month and a half, and then they go over to uh, Florida. They struggle, right? So I figured the Florida guys would have an edge. And Brooks showed up, played six under, six under, then a nice cool three under to finish it off. You know this was a heck of a fun week. And you're right, Diggs. This is the first time I've ever seen. This is it's, it's the coolest thing to see. Two guys, two men on different teams, final hole, finishing out their last putt. And both of them had reasons to celebrate. Yeah. You know? It was awesome. And honestly, let's give ourselves a pat on the back because you picked Brooks Kepka to win. You also picked the four aces as one of your three teams. And I picked Reed, who came in third. And then I picked my three teams was Torque, Smash, Aces, and that's exactly how they finished. One, two, three, Torque, Smash, Aces. I picked all three teams. Amazing. Right on the button. And then once again, you with the individual champion. Man, we uh, other than one week, we've been spot on every single week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so far, I mean, like I said, you, 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 you nailed it on the head with the team stuff right And you there. picked I mean, Charles Howell the third and then Brooks. So you, you picked two winners out of the three tournaments. I've been nailing it with the team thing, man. We're a great one-two punch. Seriously, but place your money with us is what we're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, uh, let's get to the action. Um, we'll go back to our favorite, uh, our favorite punch and bag on 54 Live, C1 Kim. Again. Oh my gosh. What happened? You know, C1 Kim, man, he another, has not another shot. 48, 13 yeah. over. Chase Kepka came in for, tied for 46 with Matt Jones. They were four over. So Siwon Kim was nine strokes worse than the next worst. Like that's and you know, and you know what's sad with Siwon Kim, man. Th this course, and, and I'll, I'll go off about the course in a little bit, but this was a, this was you saw that you saw this. There's there was five guys over par for the week, right? Five out of forty eight, and Siwon Kim is in last by nine strokes. He has not broken seventy five this season in nine rounds. And they've all, you know, we've been seeing some great scores. Charles Howell the third finished 16 under. Danny Lee was nine under. And then Brooks finished 15 under too. So it's not like they're playing, you know, Marion or Pinehurst or, or, or these hard courses. Like, you should be able to score. Like, you're supposed to make birdies on these courses. 
Yeah, if you're, if, they, if they were playing uh, Trump Turnberry, which I was surprised they didn't get, by the way, for this season, because you know Trump does have Turnberry in his in his uh, bag. Rotation, yep. Yeah, so I was surprised they didn't do that. But let's say they were playing Turnberry or Centurion, and you know those courses when you play in 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 the UK or uh, or Scotland, and it starts getting windy, like things can get ugly really fast. Eighty can be a nice score, but they're not playing those courses. And Siwon Kim, three straight tournaments. Never broken 75 and dead last in all three events. Like, like the Iron Heads are playing handicapped right now. And they're playing good, too, because when you look at the stand, Danny Lee, once again, he had another good week. Um, mm-hmm. And Kevin Na has been putting good weeks back to back. And it's just like, you know, well, uh, my bad on that. Danny Lee kind of played bad in the final round, but going into the final round, he was up there on the top of the leaderboard, but he struggled with the 74 on Sunday. Right, but but wouldn't, but wouldn't you like to actually be on a team where a 74 doesn't count? I mean, yeah, look at the exactly. aces. Look at the aces on sun, on Sunday. Pat Perez shot three under and his score didn't count. Yep. That's how good the aces are. When you're shooting three under and your score isn't counting, when you're shooting over par, you're supposed to have somebody else there to cover your back, and they yeah. don't have that. No. So when the Ironheads tee off every Friday, they know that it's going to be not Vincent and Danny Lee counting for their score because Siwon Kim he can't just hit he can't hit a side of a, uh, the side of the barn right now. It's it's ridiculous. And and before we go any further with this, please. Siwon, if you're listening, we respect your game. We know that Digsy and I both know that if we teed up next to you, you would beat the living snot out of yeah, us, you right? you beat me by 15 strokes easy. Yeah. And we know he's a good golfer. He has to be to have gotten there. We know he's a good golfer. We've seen it happen before where he's shot, you know, really low rounds here or there. But it's just the consistency is so off. And let's be honest. If this was Phil Mickelson, it would, it would be annoying, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be the problem that it is because Phil Mickelson sells tickets. Yeah. And and that's just the truth. But I don't know, if it is, was Phil Mickelson, you know, the media would be, you know, how, oh yeah, how the, they the media would rate. be all over yeah, it. But 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 the, it's the it's, bottom it's line. A difference. It, yeah, yeah, it's a different scenario because uh, Phil Mickelson's a over fifty and b he's Phil Mickelson. But nobody's coming for C one Kim. What 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 needs to ha- what's going to happen, Diggs? I don't understand. Like, I'm, how much longer is this going to go for? I, I know every team has an alternate. We saw that with Laurie Cantor playing the first three events. Martin Kaim is still coming back from injury. Honestly, it, it has to come to a point where Kevin Na, the captain of the team, should go sit down with Greg Norman and and the uh, other powers to be and just say, "Listen, man, this guy's not cutting it." You know, like let him. You know, like I'm sure he's he's not a big enough name that he has a guarantee. You know, but I don't know, pay him off, you know, throw him some money to get him off the team because at the end of the day, it's hurting the league in general. You know, there's only 12 teams. It's not like there's 30 teams out there and it doesn't matter. You know, like you want all 12 teams to be competitive at some point or another. There's only 14 tournaments, you know, so Ironheads had a winner last time with Danny Lee, but if they're going to continue on and want to be in the top three, four, five of the team standings for the year, Something needs to be done. So honestly, if I'm Kevin Na, I'm going to Greg Norman. Let's give this guy a payday. You know, like, you know, project out how much he would get paid for the 11 tournaments that are remaining if he continues to come in last place. And, you know, the Ironheads get one. And even like, like the way he's playing now and the way the team competition is where the team is getting the money now, it's the, the they're not being split up through the four players. What would, what would C1 Kim be? 
You know, so figure out how much the 48th player is getting paid. Give them which is 120,000 in events. So yeah, 11, so 11 more, 11 more events of 120,000. Give them 1.3 million and yeah. say, give leave him us a, alone. Give him a million. <laughs> give him a million and call it a day. I don't yeah. think he'd complain. He could go, go back on the Asian tour, try to find your bearings, you know, and, you know, get somebody else in there that, that could give, so, give us some good golf to watch, you know, and he's still walking over with a million dollars. That's more money than he ever would have made on, you know, the Asian tour. Let's be real. He probably wouldn't be getting a PGA tour card or, or playing on there with the way he's playing now, you know, right. so he'd be happy with the million. Take a year, find his footing, find his bearings on the Asian tour, and then if he wants to come back, he can come back, but something needs to be done. It, it needs to happen. Um, I feel like if they don't do it for this next event in Adelaide, I, I, Adelaide and Singapore, to me, are the two events on the calendar where he reasonably would have the best chance to play well. Yeah, because it's um, from his part of the world. It's from his part of the world. And if you guys don't know, when you travel to different countries, now Australia shouldn't be as big a deal as Singapore, but when you travel to different countries, food's prepared a different way, it's stored a different way, it's used different oils, and that will create interesting situations. That's why he played well in Bangkok and Jeddah uh, last year, which was you know where we saw the best overall tournament from him. But again, it needs to change. If it's not going to happen for Adelaide, I mean, or Singapore, which are the next two events, I, I don't know, man. Like it, yeah. it has to get done by that like, point. It will be almost half, you know, almost halfway, a little less than halfway through the season. Let him play in that hemisphere. Let him play Australia. Let him play Singapore. See if he could find something. If not, then they got to do something because they got to do something, man. Yeah, uh, you know, and no hate to him at all. Like golf is tough. Golf is tough. Like you, like you, you can know that you have the game to shoot sixty three, but if you can't make it happen, you can't make it happen. We've seen yeah. something out of every other 47 players on live this, this year. You know, we've seen yeah. something. We've seen some sign of life. Some players that have been playing bad or might be in the, you know, bottom 40 of the rankings have put up a good round or two, you know, but yeah. this guy, he's just, he can't figure it out. And, and it's, and like I said, it's unfair to the Ironheads, who I think had a really huge moment last week. Uh, sorry, not last week, but last event in Tucson. Mm -hmm. With Danny Lee winning, the Ironheads, in my opinion, had their first real identity moment, right? Yep. Where they had their first real moment of identity that they hadn't had before. And that's something that, that they needed desperately because they were the one team, in my opinion, that really hadn't had that moment. The Cliques had it last season uh, when they lost to Dustin Johnson's four aces in the semifinal round. Um, and if, you're, if you don't remember in that, in that tournament, um, they, you know, they were playing the, the aces. Um, and it was really a come-together moment where Graham McDowell and uh, – um, you know, uh, Richard Bland were, were walking our, uh, shoulder on shoulder uh, down the fairway, even though, even though they, they won their match, they lost the overall and they were talking up about how much they love Laurie Cantor. And that was super cool. And we, you know, we bonded with the cliques right there. We hadn't had that until last week in Tucson, last event in Tucson with the, with the Ironheads when they finally won. And we, and Danny Lee talks about how I didn't think I was a winner anymore. Yeah. And honestly, and I loved that. Yeah. I love it too. And honestly, they're not too far. It's not like they're sitting in an 11th, 12th place right now. They're in seventh place with 16 points on the year. You know, they finished 10th, third, and 11th, the third, thanks to Danny Lee. So honestly, they still have a shot. You know, granted, they are about 22 points behind third place with the Fireballs, who sit in 38th, 
Torque's in second with 50, and the Aces just every single week, they just dominate there in first with 64-14 ahead of Torque. But, you know, if you get somebody in there and you, you don't have to rely on just the three, you know, and the last seven event, the last nine events of the um, the last nine events of the year, you know, maybe they could make a push for three. But with Siwon Kim on the team, they're not. There's no chance they're gonna gonna get a top three finish yeah. for the final the year. Cause year end. Exactly. Because even if they do go to the final, I mean, which they do, they will go to the final and they'll get in the first round probably. Yeah. If the way the way things are are, they they will end up in the first round. And Siwon Kim, whether he's on the uh, alternate shot pairing or he's on the individuals um he's gonna lose his match yeah uh, and that's not, that's just that's where the iron heads are right now yeah and it sucks they're, de- they're starting one man down but now let's not for c1 kim i know again if you're listening we apologize but hey we call it like we see it um the course in orlando uh you said that it was set up to be easy now i gotta say i'm gonna be honest you know i i call it how i see it all the time. I'm as honest as can be. I didn't watch much Friday and Saturday. I maybe saw an hour between Friday and Saturday with, you know, opening day baseball, Final Four, WrestleMania, what have you. But I did see, and the course, it didn't look too nice to me. Like, it looked like it was like maybe like a like a really nice Muni. Um, but you said that they set it up pretty easy. They set it up easier than it could have been, and when you say when you say nice, you're talking about like like lavish, beautiful. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Okay. Yep. When I say nice, I'm talking about um, less stressful than it could have been. Okay. Um, I'm talking about um, you know on the scorecard for the actual course, every single par three was over 200 yards, and that's what. Well, if you guys watched that little YouTube video I made about that, that's what I based all my comments off of. Um, so. They shortened uh, two of the par threes, which was very wise. I mean, you don't want every single player hitting, you know, a four, a three, sorry, a uh, um, a six iron, four iron uh, into every single par three. No, right? that's they not shortened. Fun. It's no fun when you're having to hit two hundred yard shots into every single par three four times in a round. That's going to be miserable. Um, and they shortened two of them and made it a whole lot easier to deal with, which was what very wise of them. And then also. Um, Hole number one was actually a par five, um, but they shortened the hole by a hundred yards and then made it a par four. Um, so that one, it, it's one of those where it's it's kind of a catch twenty two where it's easier but it's not. That makes sense. Yeah, it went from being like a five hundred yard hole to a four hundred yard hole. Um, but again, it people were birding it, which is which is just fine, and. I appreciate Liv doing this. If you guys noticed, um, Tucson and Mayakoba are tough courses. And, and Diggs, I'm sure you, I'm sure you saw it whenever you're watching. They were tough courses. Yeah. Especially Tucson. I would say Tucson was probably the hardest of the three so far. Oh, yeah. When, when Tucson on Sunday, when the wind, yeah. When that wind started blowing, it was nasty. And with Orlando, Liv understood, hey, we have a mission here. And that mission is to make a good show, A, and B, we have 18 guys right here that are going to be playing in Augusta National next week. We do not want them running in there with confidence issues because we put them through a bear of a course. Yeah. And you know, and you know, cut the grass, 
Greg Norman yeah. is is all about the live team going into Augusta. He made comments saying that, hey, if one of the 18 wins, the other 17 are going to be on the green on the 18th hole cheering them on. So it's, How cool would that be? Yeah, but honestly, it's like, let, let's say Phil Mickelson, right, misses the cut. You think he's staying around? Uh, yeah, I think Phil Mickelson does because remember, he has a, gra- a jacket. He has, yeah, he has but you, you, you think that he would, he would stick around for that? Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it depends on. You got to remember, this is a big deal. This is the most anticipated Masters ever. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think unless you want to steer the ship there right now, we still think we still got a few more things to talk about. Yeah, we'll, this, we'll, we'll this wait. Show. We'll wait. Let's. We're gonna. We'll finish up with the Masters talk, but we'll, we'll table that right now. But anyway, yeah. So like you said, the course they 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 hooked the players up. They made it easy. They wanted to give the guys confidence, and you know, like I said, Brooks. You know, look at the, the top of the leaderboard and who's playing in the mess. You got Brooks, Patrick Reed, Mito Pereira, Dustin Johnson. They all came in the top seven. So, you know, if you're looking for some live guys that are going to play well at Augusta, there's four right there that played great this past weekend. Yeah, and it was awesome to see them be able to build real confidence, okay? Because you don't want them struggling to break par because you put them on a bear of a course. And now they have to go play Augusta, right? That's not what you want. It's not good for Liv. And honestly, I know that you were hating on Tucson and you weren't, you weren't thrilled, thrilled with Mayakoba. Tell me you, tell me you were thrilled with this event. This had to be one that you were thrilled with. Yes. And I tweeted it too. I said, Brooks Kepka, Munoz, Patrick Reed, Cam Smith, we finally get some star power. But right after I tweeted that, what happened to Cam Smith? Bogey, bogey, triple bogey. Yeah. He he imploded. And he fell down the leaderboard. What happened there? Exactly. That's what happened. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a confidence issue with putting because he, uh, he was on a, it was on a heater, right? And then, um, there was hole number eight was a par three. He had a four footer for, for birdie and he missed that, hit a par. But then the next hole he birdied. So I thought that he was still on the heater. You know, it was kind of a little shaky at that point, but then he started taking some, some extra risks. Um, he started playing, you know, really loosey goosey. Um, as you guys know, Cam Smith is not a very good b- driver of the ball. Um, and when I say this, obviously he's great compared to us. But when you see him compared to the other guys out there, he's he's best at recovery. Yeah, and his short his at. short game is what makes him elite. Exactly, his short game makes him money. It's not his driving, um, and that's where it kind of unraveled. You know, he hit some 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 wonkadoo drives that really didn't put him in a good position to score, and you know it showed. And you know he went five over in three holes. Which is just weird to think about for Cam Smith because you know you wouldn't think that for him, but he finished out the round, the rest of the round at even par, which was good for him. Um, I think he saw enough positives in himself and in his game that week, so he's, I think he still has confidence going into this week, though. Yeah, so. I think he will, and he's been the Augusta came in what second in twenty twenty, I believe he he has one second. It was either twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. I forget, but yeah, and like you said, it was all about giving these players confidence, and listen to this, right? You got 18 players. Out of the 18 players, 13 of them shot in the 60s on Sunday. DJ 66, Bryson, Mickelson, Reed, Peter 67, Garcia, Gooch, Kepka, Mito Pereira, Harold Vaughn of the third, 68, Kokrak, Nah, Watson, 69, and then even the rest of the guys, Swatzel shot a 70, Neiman 71, Cam Smith 71, even after, you know, the way he blew up, he still ended 
shooting par on the day. And then you got Ansa one over, Ustaisen two over. So if you guys want to talk about live guys going into Augusta, those are a lot of names that played well on Sunday and look to be in form right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really cool just to see. We were talking a few weeks ago about how that Liv never could move the needle inside of Liv as far as making themselves bigger, broader, or whatever. But you could see the fans were bigger at this crowd. This crowd, the crowds were huge compared to what we've seen in the past. And yeah. I think part of it's they were actually at a course that could actually handle that. So, I mean, like Tucson, I think if the course could have handled a bigger crowd, they would have had with them, but it just wasn't feasible with that, that course. And we're going to see it in Adelaide with huge crowds. Oh, yeah. um, so it's just cool to see Liv putting on a better program with each broadcast is what I'm trying to say right there. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I saw some, I saw articles that few outlets were writing about the crowd. So honestly, the crowd show up and, you know, Florida is a hotbed for golf. You got people that live down there all year round. They play golf all year round. If they didn't get a huge crowd in Orlando, I, I would be worried. But I didn't see the ratings yet. I was looking before we recorded for ratings. I, I I don't know if I missed it, but I looked on Google. Or I checked a few different outlets. Didn't see the ratings. But in regards to the crowds, everybody has a positive thing to say about the crowds. And, and with ratings, I mean, you yourself said that you didn't watch very much this week just because, yeah. you know, you were busy with baseball opening weekend, WrestleMania, college Final Fours. There was a lot going on this week. Exactly. So the fact that the crowds showed up to me is the win. Yep, definitely. Now let's get to, um, is there anything else you want to touch on? You want to get to the Q&A? Let's go into Q&A because, I mean, uh, we touched on what we need to touch on for the event. It was wonderful. Brooks looked like the alpha male, about ready to drop some salad on Augusta person that he is, and I liked it. Oh, man. Just think back of how he was in 2018, 2019 when, you know, he showed, he was honestly ever since, I would say, and tell me if I'm wrong here, ever since Tiger Woods, he was the most scariest, like he intimidated the players and the golfers he played against that two, three year stretch when he stepped on the course at a major. We haven't seen that since Tiger Woods back in the early 2000s. Like there hasn't been somebody that stepped on the range and, and people would be like, fuck, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go up against this guy. Like he legitimately intimidated anybody he played against. It's true. I mean, because uh, Tiger Woods. I mean, and granted, this is only this is this is major championship Brooks. It's not every week Brooks. Yeah, and he, but, he says it himself. He says that you know there's only four tournaments that I really care about. Yeah, and when he and when he gets that, that whiff in his nostrils, it's scary. But he may be that guy for Live. I mean, he's won two of his last four events in Live, uh, individual titles that he's been available to play for. I mean, in his six starts on Live, he's won twice. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know. Yeah, and we never know. we we didn't touch on that. He's the first two-time winner in Live Golf history. So, he holds that title. And are you happy that it, that it's a, a player that it's a, a Brooks? Cuz remember yeah. there's there's three guy there's three types of players on Live in my opinion. And you can if I'm wrong, just no. I, you know, I probably know exactly what you're going to say right now. Go. For there's it. there's the new faces, you know, the guys like the Pettits, the Piots, the uh, the C1 Kims, um, the new, the Eugenio Chikaras, the the new guys, right? The there's the established that they through big money at. Yeah, uh, there's the established players, the Charles Howell the thirds, the Danny Lees, guys who have name value but aren't really going to sell tickets, right? Guys who give legitimacy to the roster, 
and build depth, but aren't really going to have star power. And then you have the celebrity ones. You have the, you know, which are Patrick Reed. That's, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith. Phil and I would Nicholson. say there's a fourth. There's, there's the veterans too, like Phil Nicholson, uh, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, you know, like they're half celebrity, but they're the veterans. So I think it's like, like you said, the, the, um, the new newcomers, the established the superstars, and then the veterans, the, the waning pros, you know? That makes sense. Cause you're right. Uh, like Lee Westwood, uh, Ian Poulter, Phil Nicholson, Graham McDowell, uh, Graham McDowell. They're they're up there. They have status. They have legitimacy, but they are on a clock. Uh, that's the best way to say it. They're on a clock with yeah. their career. Yep. All right. Let's get to the Q and A. The first question I'm going to give right to you because I don't know the answer to it. it's from Waco Gasoline. Um, can you touch on why the Range Goats beat out the High Flyers for eighth with the same score? Guessing it came down the total score, actually significant as eighth gets a point, ninth gets nothing. Um, they both came with the same score, and looks like the high flyers got eighth when the range go got ninth. Do you know why that would be? Off the top of my head, I don't. They were both um, twenty-one under. So um, what I think it comes down to in that uh, they mentioned this on the broadcast. Um, I think what it comes down to is the total score for the captain. Is the is the the the, the tiebreaker in those? Okay. Uh, Bubba Watson beat uh, Phil Mickelson by one stroke that week, and I believe that's what the tiebreaker is yeah, in those Bubba, kind of situations. Bubba was one under, Phil was even, so that's probably why the range goats got the eighth spot. Right. It's one of those cloak and dagger kind of things, which I'm sure if I if I dug 900 pages deep, I could find the the 100% truthful answer. But at surface value, um, knowing how live works, it's one of two one of two ways is how it would work. Either a um, the range goats finished faster, which uh, they do actually use that as a tiebreaker for whose score counts. If two players in the same team um, st- shoot the same score, really, um, the player that finishes first is the player that is recorded. So that's kind of a way to be able to claim that, like, you're the score that counted that week. Yeah. Believe it or not, they actually use that. Well, that and they makes sense, it, you know, because, like, there's no difference there when it's two players with the same score. Right. It's going to be the same score either way, so that, that makes sense, but... You but know, for the but for this, it, it, I believe it's because I believe they mentioned it because of Dustin Johnson. Yeah, they were talking about Dustin Johnson um, being able to win a a scorecard tiebreaker for second place if he tie if they tied smash because of his score. Um, and so I believe it's the overall total score of the captain. Okay. All right. Now this one is a two part question, I believe. NMH at no SMHS. Now, do you guys only follow the live side of golf? Or also the PGA Tour. That's the first part. Yes, I follow both. I'm not an anti-PGA guy. Jake's the same way. We love golf. We'll follow the Asian Tour. You know, I I watched on Sunday. I watched um, this weekend. I watched, I don't know if it was Sunday or Saturday. I watched a little bit of the final round of the Women's Amateur at Augusta. Because I wanted to see how nice Augusta was playing right now. So, I watch everything. Jake? Yeah, I watch everything as well. Um... You know, I'll tell if you follow my Twitter. Sometimes I'll tell you about some random people that are going to be on the on X Asian Tour event. Um, I have some friends who are on a, a couple of local tours here in the in the Texas uh, Oklahoma area uh, that I follow um, and support, and you know, laugh with, play with. Um, I got to, I got to be on a putting green last week with Tom Hoagie, who is the uh, uh, 
you know, the all-time record holder for lowest round at Sawgrass and uh, on the PGA Tour. He's a PGA Tour player. I love seeing him. Love being on the on, on the same green as him for a little bit. Uh, the same day, I got to hang out with Clark Dennis, who is the uh, 2017 Le- Legends Tour Order of Merit winner. Um, really cool guy. He gave me some swing tips. He was basically like, "Dude, widen your stance." I was like, "Yes, yes sir." <laughs> <laughs> So we, we, we follow golf. Something as as simple as that can make a ton of a difference, right? It, it really it's can. a crazy it game. Really uh, second second part. What do you? Who do you think has a realistic shot at winning the Masters? Meaning you won't be shocked seeing them put on the green jacket on Sunday. Like as much as a lot of people like Tom Kim, most people would be shocked if he won, but wouldn't be if he's top thirty or so. We will answer that question in a little bit once we cover the Masters. There's a handful of guys that I wouldn't be shocked to win um, the Masters this week. Like, legit, like five guys that I could honestly say from Liv that would win the Masters that I wouldn't be shocked about. There's There's a lot of guys that are in form. There's a lot of guys that are past champions and have great track records there. And I do... I'll get... We'll get in, into it when we get the masses. I, I don't want to get, get into it now, and we get back and forth. But moving to the next question, um, legal-wise on the right, can we expect a rollout of new signings soon? There are about seven or eight players who are just not cutting it. We talked about that earlier, C1 Kim. Um, no, I don't think we're going to see any new signings the rest of the year. We might see some alternates step in like Laurie Cantor did for Martin Keimer, but I wouldn't expect any new signings. What about you? Yeah, I wouldn't expect any new signings either. Um, there was an article that was put out that was showcasing that next year, Liv is planning to expand the team roster from 12 to either 14 or 15. Now, if that happens, then yes, we could see that being being a thing. I think what Liv ran into going into this offseason was they were trying to court big names, and they realized they didn't have the capital of – of team ownership to really throw at anybody uh, by, you know, you be a captain. Well, they didn't really have that for Xander or Patrick Cantley to, to really be able to do that for them, right? Um, now, I'm, I'm just throwing their names out there because they've been rumored before, right? So, um, they have mentioned that there there has been articles that have mentioned that there is ex- uh, a desire to see expansion from 12 to 15 teams, um, which wouldn't interrupt the uh, shotgun format. And um, doing that, they could see recruitment. I don't see recruitment happening um, in, through the end of the year. Um, we're going to see probably, like I said, more alternates showing up. Because um, I believe the alternates actually are already on site, though, for most of the teams. They're just not announced due to, I don't know. They're, each team is supposed to have an actual fifth man on their own roster. Like an actual, this is, their, this is our guy, this is our fifth man. And we're seeing that with Laurie Cantor taking his opportunity. And I lo- I'm so happy for him, by the way. He got you know, a great finish this week. But then also, um, we see that with um, Andy Oakletree, mm-hmm. who I'm happy for him. Aren't you happy for him? Yeah. I put out the tweet, man. He was killing it in the Asian tour. He's first in the International Series Order of Merit, which if that ended today, he would be a full-time live member in 2024. So I'm happy that he got a shot. Yeah. And if you guys don't remember, um, uh, they mentioned it again on the broadcast. At the end of the season, um, there is going to be, obviously, the Order of Merit winner for the International Series of the Asian Tour does get automatic entry. But then they're also going to have a promotion event where it looks like the bottom four guys for Liv and the top three guys on the Order of Merit that are next 
behind the first place finisher, we'll have a playoff type of event to uh, see who gets the next three spots on live. Yeah. And that's going to be exciting. It's like, you know, playoff, you know, last man in. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So that was mentioned on the broadcast on Sunday as well. Now, Sean says, who out of the live guys has the better shot at winning the Masters this year? Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, or Patrick Reed? I would say Dustin Johnson, 1A, Patrick Reed, 1B, personally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Patrick Reed might be in a little bit better form, but Dustin Johnson had a slow start to the year. But then again, Dustin Johnson can just turn it on at any week and beat the field by five. What do you think? Uh, Patrick Reed's who I would take out of those three. Um, Cam Smith has one more recently outside of Liv. Correct. Um, Cam Smith, though, I don't think his game's where it needs to be right now to win this particular event. Um, uh, and Patrick Reed is somebody whom he plays he plays in pants still on Liv. So whenever he goes to a different event that he has to wear pants, it's not going to be a change for him. <laughs> I know that sounds I know that sounds stupid, but like we saw it happen with Sergio and Phil last season, where they let him play in shorts because they practice in shorts. They do nothing but play, but do everything in shorts. Guess what? They play better. Um, so that's something that I'm kind of concerned about for certain live players. Uh, Patrick Reed's the only live player currently that will only wear pants, and so when you go to Augusta, they're going to have you in pants. And that's something that Patrick Reed will be it will be ready to do. He's a past champion there as well. And I just think that his game is most tuned up right now to really be able to take on the, the event out of those three that you just mentioned. And also, too, the reason why I like Patrick Reed so much is there's going to be some guys on live that are going to feel the pressure because they're a live guy. Patrick Reed is the opposite of that. He's going in there with a chip on his shoulder. We see him do it when he plays in the Ryder Cup, match play events. He's like, fuck you. I'm better than you. I'm going to beat you. And honestly, I feel like Patrick Reed is going to be super fired up for Augusta. And I expect him to be on top of the leaderboard, if not win. And Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson are two of my six picks for the Masters. So... You know, honestly, Cam, I, I just think his game is off right now. I, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked like the other guy asked, but I really like Reed this week. Plus, Reed, if you, if you guys have watched, uh, Reed has played two, main ev- two bigger events outside of Liv on the, on the European tour in the last year um, since joining Liv. And both times, him and Rory have been antagonistic toward each other. And both times, it's pushed Reed to play some really good golf. Yes, there were cheating allegations with Reed because he had a ball in a tree that he, you know, miraculously knew where it was, blah, 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 blah. That stuff happens. It's life. It's get over it. But both of the events that he played on that, on those, on that, on the European tour, he either had the lead on Sunday at one point or, and finished in the top, t- in the top three in both of them. So when he's, He's going to piss off Rory at some point this week, and he's going to play good golf. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. The funny, <laughs> the, fun, the funny thing is Rory is one of my picks as well. So, But that's, that's like a little thing I got with myself. I bet on Rory to win a major for the past, I would say, six or seven majors, all four majors last year, and probably two or three in the year before in 2021. And I'm talking about like legit, like, couple hundred dollars each time so honestly when i laid down the money on him this week if i win i'll probably 
break even from all the money I lost on him the past year and a half. But honestly, I know that if I don't bet on him, that's going to be the major that he wins. So mm-hmm. I just, I every time Rory tees it up at a major, I need to put down a couple hundred dollars on him to win because I know that one the, the one time I stop, that will be the time he wins and I'll lose all the money I invested in him. So yeah, Rory is one of my picks as well. And then the final question, if a live player wins the Masters, what excuse will the PGA Tour media fanboys come up with now? Honestly, I don't think there'll be any excuse. Uh, they, they showed they're the best. 100 golfer that week and you know i'm I'm sure that might be something and they might you know give the narrative oh it's bad for the game sports washing yada 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 but i don't think there'll be any excuse for them to come up with oh digs there's gonna be two excuses uh one this week is supposed to be horrible weather for augusta they're even talking about it on, on the news right now about how they may cancel the event because of rain this whole entire week which i hope to god they don't do but there's been there's been talk of this cancel like, the entire on. tournament yeah because it just rain because it's supposed to be, i saw supposed to be, i saw that it's supposed to rain, rain yeah you can't cancel the tournament. you gotta get oh they're not I, they better not but they're, no they're, they're talking they're talking about that being a, a thing so that when would be an excuse uh, that never probably I don't you know I, I don't know it's just it's one of those things that they could use as an excuse though yeah you know oh well it wasn't good conditions everyone was cheating because or, everyone got the play or ball if something out. happens yeah. and they they only get in fifty four holes they could be like oh of course the live guy won they're used to playing fifty four holes right right something like that that could that could be that could be a possibility the other possibility I would say um, it would come down to it being the Masters, which the Masters, as you guys may or may not know, has the smallest field of all four majors. Um, and not only that, but um, a good number of those guys that are playing are either amateur players, which realistically don't have any chance, and um, you know, guys well over 50 who are past champions, because a past champion has an eternal invite. Now, they eventually... With certain players, will say, "Hey, man, you haven't broken seventy in ten years. Let's let's, let's hang it up." Um, so, but you know, guys like Bernard Longer will be in in the in the field this week. Freddie Couples will be in the field. Sandy Lyle will be in the field. So, what, what I'm saying is, it's a, uh, I don't think he's in, he's playing. No? I don't think he's playing. He he has the right to, yeah. but I don't I don't think he wants to. So like like Nick Faldo, if he wanted to, could play. Now Nick Faldo knows his game's not where it is. He's not. He's going to be in the booth, right? Yeah, he'll be in the booth. Uh, Trevor Immelman won't, won't be playing this year, which is kind of funky. Um, I know he's transitioned to the booth, and but he's only like forty two, which is super odd for him to be. You know, he's a Masters champion. He yeah. has the right to play the play the event, um, but he's not playing it this year. This year. Um, but what, I guess what I'm trying to say is that they could use the excuse of, well, it's the Masters. It has the smallest field of all four majors. So if they're going to use any excuse, I would say it's going to be weather and the Masters field size. All right. Well, honestly, we've been talking about it for the last five minutes. So we might as well just get right into it with our Masters preview. Um, like I said, there's 18 live players in the Masters this week. Uh, we got Dustin Johnson, Bryson. Phil, Patrick Reed, Thomas Peters, Sergio Garcia, Taylor Gooch, Brooks Kepka, Mito Pereira, Harold Vaughn of the Third, Jason Kokrak, Kevin Knopp, Bubba Watson, Charles Schwartzel, Yaki Neiman, Cam Smith, Abraham Anser, and Louis Usheisen. So 18 of what, like 90 or so? 
we figured it out. It was like what? Like almost 20%, right? Yeah, basically 20% of the field, a little bit more than that, are live players uh, this week. And and realistically, like I said, we talked about how certain players are um, well-advanced in age, and also there's like seven amateurs. And so you know, realistically, those guys aren't playing to win. Um, you know, they're they're playing to try to get to the weekend, right? They, like if Bernard Longer makes the weekend, that's a win for him, in my opinion, you know? Yep, and a uh, couple extra bucks in his pocket. Right. And so when I say that, like, I'm not being mean, I'm just telling the truth. Uh, and that's the reality. Um, there's about, when you talk about players who have a realistic chance of winning, um, the, the percentage even gets higher. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But honestly, there, there's a lot, like, what the first guy, for a uh, second question asked in our Q&A, he said, who, who would you be, would you be shocked? What guys wouldn't you be shocked if they won? The Masters, and honestly, I'll I'll just go ahead and say uh, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch has been playing well, but I don't know that might still be a shock factor. Um, Brooks Kepka, um, honestly, one of my sleeper picks is Mito Pereira. He's never played the Masters before, and it's very rare for someone to win. You know, I I don't know how many times it's happened, or if it ever has happened, uh, your first time around Augusta, because you know the way the f- course is and the undulations and you know you need to know your way around Augusta to have a good four rounds and win but I don't know something's telling me to maybe take Mito throw a couple bucks on Mito this week um but I would say the big three really is DJ Reed and Brooks what about you so um Brooks definitely Brooks is fired up he hasn't won Augusta yet he's looking sharp looking sharp um, Dustin Johnson, again, same thing. He's a, he's a champ. He's a past champion and he's just a stud nugget. I, I fully expect him to play well this week. Um, I know that when he, even when he hasn't been playing well and, and, and you've, you've seen him get back in form over the past three tournaments and mm-hmm. I think he's going to be just ready to go. Um, believe it or not, I could see Phil Mickelson getting it up for the week. Um, really? It's, it's Augusta. Augusta does play well to a left-handed player. Um, and he did post a really good round on Sunday. He yeah, has 67 in Orlando. Right? Yeah. And he looked sharp and he looked sharp. It was the first time he actually looked like he putted well. Um, he's been striking the ball well all season, but he just hadn't been putting very well. First event that he actually looked like he was putting. So I wouldn't be shocked. Um, he showed it us would be at sh- Kiwa, you know, like, yeah, he could turn it on at any moment, you know, won the PGA championship a year and a half ago and two years ago. And no one expected that. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, th- th- those guys. Patrick Reed, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm pulling for him. Uh, if Cam Smith figured out a way to figured out a way to win, it would be an, uh, if he wins, it will be one of those ugly wins where it's like, like a Danny Willett win. Yeah, like where it's <laughs> which honestly, with the weather expectancy this week, that could be the case, man. It really could be. Like someone uh, more, just falls apart and no, you're the last no. man standing. No, uh, well, yes, partially, but also just like the course being so tough to control that everyone's playing the ugly shots, right? Um, where, where everyone's hitting balls out of the pine straw constantly. Yeah. So he has a chance and because he's rain, just, that's going to be wet. You know, yeah. A lot of mud balls, a lot of wet pine straws, feet will be slipping. Yeah. Man, it could get ugly. And that's what I'm talking about is that it could be a situation where 
ugly golf winds. And Greens will be super slow. Not yeah. super slow, but slower than usual. And, and who do we know that plays better golf, better ugly golf than Cam Smith? Who? No, 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 I'm just saying, like, nobody. I can't think of anybody who plays better ugly golf than Cam Smith. Jordan Spieth? Well, yeah, Jordan Spieth. Good God. Yeah, you're right. That's, oh my, that's true. That's true. The Jordan Spieth experience is right? ugly golf. No, uh, you're right. It would be in real, right? Jordan Spieth plays ugly golf. Jordan Spieth plays like just just what the heck is going on golf. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that meme from a few weeks ago where he's he's got that ball curling into the water 300 yard, 265 yards up it just whacks off a off a fan's knee and he somehow makes an eagle and makes the cut that weekend. Yep, bounce right into the fairway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just straight off the knee into the fairway. Golf Digest has him as their number 1 pick. They they're picked to win the Win Augusta, the Masters this year. You know, if it's going to be ugly golf like that, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I can see that happening. He's and playing, with his track record out of gut, like that's his like playground, you know, with his yeah. short game and everything. When you know a course, you know a course. Um, Mito Pereira, I, I'd be shocked about. Um, you know, I'm just I don't going know, to the golf telling house. me like you saw what you know. Like the only thing that I'm worried about with Mito is, I think he can get close to the lead, one or two back, or even have the lead. You know, after 36 holes, 54 holes. But after what he did at the PGA Championship, that J JT came back and won from mm -hmm. what? Like seven? Wasn't he seven strokes back? Seven strokes back going into the course, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, I would not trust Mito Pura with Lee. Like, if I bet money on him and they gave me a cash out option before the final round, I'm taking that cash out option, you know, because. You know, he, he can struggle, but he's a sleeper pick. And honestly, my, my six, the way I, I do a, a pool for every single major, there's like 300 people in the pool. And the way it works is you got to pick two guys from the top 10 official world golf rankings, two guys from 11 to 20, and then two guys from 20 below. And you don't have to pick guys from one to 10, or, you know, if you want to take six guys from under 20, you can. So the way I'm setting my lineup this week, I'm picking one guy in the top 10. That's Rory McIlroy. From 11 to 20, I'm taking one guy as well. That's Colin Morikawa, one of the best ball strikers in all of golf. And we know that Augusta is a ball striking course. Um, I'm taking Jason Day because Jason Day has been playing phenomenal golf this year. And he's had good rounds at Augusta, some good tournaments. Jason Day only having one major really surprises me. Like with all the close calls and the dominance he had years ago, you really think that at the end of his career he's going to have more than one. And then my last three picks are three live guys. So I'm going three PGA Tour guys, three live guys, and I'm going DJ, Reed, and Brooks. So Rory, Murakawa, Jason Day, DJ, Reed, and Brooks. So for me, thinking about this, it really comes down to like how nasty the weather is because I'm just going to be frank with you. If the weather gets nasty enough, Bernard Longer might win this thing. I'm being, I'm being serious. Wouldn't being that be serious. something, right? And I mean, cause when, when the weather starts getting nasty, you got to understand. You just got to play, hit the fairway, hit the green. Correct. Right? That's all you can do. That's all you should do. That's all you got to try to do. And shoot for the and, middle of the green. Yeah. And you got to play within your limits, right? That this is, this is where a player like, like an, uh, like, this is where a a, a a a player who too bad had, Charles Al the third didn't get the invite because seriously of, right? right that oh would be gosh. right in his wheelhouse 
this would be. I mean, and that's what I'm talking about is if, as the weather looks nasty. So I'm, I'm honestly going for the international guys this year. I, I think I'm putting money on Brooks. I'm putting money on Brooks. I'm putting money on Patrick Reed, but four other guys I'm taking, I'm taking Rory McElroy. I think this is going to be his year uh, because of the weather. Um, I'm looking at Tyrrell Hatton. Tyrrell Hatton's got some serious oomph to his game. But then I got two more live guys. I got two more live guys. Answer. One is, one is Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen's an amazing ball striker, and he played really well in Tucson. And if the weather is ugly like it's supposed to be, this is going to be his kind of wheelhouse, man. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, and he has a runner-up at Augusta, and every time he's in a major, he seems to be on the top of the you know first page of the leaderboard. Yeah, he finds a way to be up there. There's, there's a reason why a player like him, who doesn't have you know god-tier number of wins, is still widely recognized and known throughout the golf world. It's because he's consistent, and he knows how to get on that leaderboard and stay there. And the last player, even though even though he hasn't been playing the best golf recently, I, I, I don't really think he's going to win, but I'm looking at the weather forecast, right? I'm looking at the weather forecast, and I, and I just, I know it's going to be ugly, right? I got to put money on Cam Smith, man, because it's just, it, it's ugly golf, I think, is going to win this, win this, this, this event. I think it's going to be the person who can... Who can recover from hitting behind trees or, or hitting in mud puddles or, or, you know, uh, hitting the crowd, th- you know, the best. Yeah. I think that's going to be the winner. And it's going to be Cam's, uh, Cam, if it comes to that, Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth are, are miles above everybody else in that. Honestly, now, I think you might have talked me into rethinking this. Good thing I didn't send them my picks yet because I'm going to look, I'm going to wait until Wednesday to see what the weather's really doing because. You know, maybe not Cam Smith, but maybe throw in, you know, instead of more call, maybe Jordan Spieth, you know, because like you said, like he's like a, an ugly guy, like he could, you know, do that. But like players, like just looking at, you know, the live guys right now, like someone like a Sergio Garcia, like if it's nasty out there, he has no shot because he gets too frustrated. You know, John Rahm, mm-hmm. I don't, if it's bad weather, I don't think Rahm gets too heated out there, you know? Like, yeah. I don't, what, what, how do you think Scotty Scheffler will fare if it's bad weather out there? Well, Scotty Scheffler's going to fall over a lot. Um, you, you guys see his, his swing. He has insane swing movement with his yeah. feet. I'm telling you, Scotty is going to fall on his ass at least four times this week. If, if, it's, if it's rainy like it's supposed to be and he does not switch to hard spikes, which he won't, because he, he his swing requires his swing requires his feet to sweep like that, so he won't switch to hard spikes, which means he's going to fall on his ass like three or four times on television this week. But he is a guy that you know plays smart golf and keeps it together. But you're right; he does have a lot of movement in his swing, and and you know you got to also think like maybe that you know like what about Tiger? You know he knows his way around there. But if it's bad weather, who knows how that's going to be for? His, you know, his 10, body, ten million injuries, you know. Yeah. So I mean, Tiger, Tiger could be in trouble this week. You know, real talk. Uh, the Englishmen are, are the guys who are you're going to need to be looking at this week. I mean, real talk. Uh, the Englishmen and the guys who play ugly golf. So I mean, you got Tyrrell Hatton, you got Matt Fitzpatrick, you got Rory McIlroy. I know he's Irish, but you know, similar stuff. Yeah. Shane Lowry. Yeah, Shane Lowry. Lowry's in there. Um, you know, Russell Henley's in there also. These are guys who I think this Augusta 
the way the weather they're talking about now, obviously weather can change, right? I'm pulling but the up way the it looks right, right now. now so we can figure it out. Right. The way the, the weather looks right now, as of 7 p.m. on April 3rd, it's looking like it's going to be a nasty week Jesus. at Augusta. Thursday, 39% chance of rain, p.m. thunderstorm. So the draw is going to come into effect there. You get the early morning on Thursday. You're mm-hmm. in good shape. Friday, rain and thunder, 80%. Saturday, rain, 89%. Sunday, showers, 70%. And then even, mm-hmm. you know, looking into Monday, if the FF, they go into Monday, 36%. Tuesday, 46%. They don't have a sunny day until Friday the 14th. That's insane. Yeah. And so, think when you think Augusta, don't think normal Augusta. You're going to be thinking, if, if this holds true, think British Open. Yeah, because the winds, look at the winds. 13 miles per hour, 12 miles per hour, 11 miles per hour. Now, those aren't nas- that nasty, but they're nasty for Georgia. Yeah. So, I'm just going to tell you right now, like, when you're thinking Masters this week, don't think Masters, think British Open. And I think that's where I'm at. That's where I mentally am at. I'm thinking British Open. That's why I think Louis Oosthuizen will surprise you. That's why I'm saying, look at the Englishman. Yeah. You know, uh, that's why I'm saying, like, look at the guys who play ugly golf. Jordan Spieth, Cam Smith. The guys who are totally okay with playing ugly golf. I think I'm going to do two entries. I think I'm going to do the one that I had, and then I'm just going to do an ugly golf one. where Ugly I, golf one. So, yeah. So, if, if, if we had to pick the six guys who play the best ugly golf, let's, let's look at six players who play the best let's ugly golf. Let's pull up golf. the field. Okay. So, right now, we have Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth. The, yes. Those are the top two uh, best ugly golfers there are, bar none. Best two ugly golfers. All right. Right. I'm so who the, else? You, I'm on the app. Let's check out the players. Yeah. So, I mean, looking through things right now, um, if, I'm, if I'm looking through and I'm thinking, I'm thinking you got to keep an eye on, uh, on uh, hmm, ugly Man, golf, ugly golf. That's not that, man. You know who the, could- Most of these guys are pretty golfers. Like, uh, you got Justin Rose. Like, Justin Rose is going to fall apart if it gets like that. Like, he's, he's too pretty. You what know? about Matt, Matthew Fitzpatrick? Ooh, well, he doesn't I mean, play ugly English, golf. But he's, he's English, English. He understands it. Fleetwood he won the U.S. Open. U.S. Open is ugly golf. Yeah, Fleetwood. Um, so yeah, those two, those two are good are, are good picks because they're going to be you know again the English. Oh, idea. your buddy, the your buddy that you got the uh, lesson from Tom Hoagie. He's in the field. He is, um, and honestly, he did great at Sawgrass, and I. If it gets ugly, though, I just don't know. I just don't know about him in ugly golf. I haven't seen enough of him playing ugly golf. Honestly, right? I just saw someone that would surprise everybody. Think about the last time the Masters was played in completely horrible condition. Who won? Tiger. No, further back. Further back than that? Mm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's Zach, on the heads. Zach Johnson. Zach, oh my gosh! Remember when he he won? Yeah, he won what? Was, one over? Yeah, yeah, and that was that was ugly golf. Whoa, yeah. So, but honestly, maybe someone like a Kevin Kisner could, you know, like that's what I, I saw that I saw his name on there, and I was like, man, that that could be it. You know, yeah. he's somebody. He's he somebody can't, who he can't hit it long enough. But you know what? On a week like this, he'll show up drunk and he'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what that's all i know about him he'll, he'll show up drunk he'll be happy he'll have a great time and he'll piss off his playing partners there's that's, really not that many people on here that like 
Uh, looks like Jose Maria is playing this week. My apologies for being wrong. He has the right to. He yeah. has the right to. Just, just one of those that you don't see him. See, you don't see him showing up to events. So. Seamus Power. He's from Ireland. He, he could be a sleeper. Shane Lowry, same way. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, real talk, guys. I'm being serious. Look to the Europeans. Look to the. Look to the. Look to the UK players. Adam you know, Scott, the, when he won it, it was raining last time when he won that playoff against um, Angel Cabrera. It was in the rain. That's right. Uh, by the way, uh, RIP on Kel Cabrera. He's not dead. He's just in prison still. <laughs> if you didn't know, that's why he's not playing this year. I looked it up because I saw like, oh, hey, why isn't he playing? He's a champion. Yeah. And I looked it up and I'm like, it's oh. Been a he, few years now, right? Yeah. He's still in prison um, uh, for threatening. I think it was threatening or whatever. He was, he was yeah. He was, I don't want to get into that. I don't, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, listen, if you're going to bet on the Masters, take Jake's advice. We just gave you a bunch of ugly golfers that you know do your regular picks but also save some shekels for some of these uh guys you know it might be you might have a winner putting on that green jacket on you know maybe monday because of the rain that you would never expect yeah i mean it's gonna be like i said this is this is british open style golf this is this is not going to be a 15 under week. If they, if, if it goes, if it goes through and everything plays, it's not going to be a 15 under week unless they just make it a course where it's uh lift clean, replace, um, you know, the endless water rules that they do to make it easier. If they do what, that, it could be nice. What scoring. number, what number you think? Sing- I'm thinking Obviously, four under single digits. Yeah. I'm thinking single digits. I'm thinking low single digits. Low like single I said, digits. that's when Zach Johnson won. I think he was one over. Well, and if, it, if, if, it gets, if it gets that low, if it gets that low, even though the course is super, super long, the old guys still have a chance. Yeah. So, you know. Sandy Lyle from Scotland. Yeah. So you could see Sandy. You could see. I don't know about that. That's going I mean, too far. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. He did make the cut last year. And and believe it or not, Bernard Longer, I think, has still made the cut like like the last 30 years. Yeah, he's, so. he's totally. Man. He's just like, he's on a whole nother level. See, Bernard Longer, I'm pretty sure, like drinks baby's blood in the weekends mm-hmm. to like you know just just keep himself playing golf. He reminds just, me like, of uh, like if I had it, like he reminds me of Ivan Drago from Rocky. You know, like <laughs> honestly, he's just like like you know he's not Russian, he's German, but like he's just he reminds me of him. You know, so much. How like he's he's the frailest little German dude. I ever. know, but just like his his face, like he's like a machine. You know, he is like a machine, and it's. It's insane to watch because, so uh, obviously, if you watch the Champions Tour at all now, I love watching Champions Tour first off because Mike Weir plays there, who's my my, my favorite golfer of all time. Um, and yes, he's playing this week, but I can't root. But I, he's not going to win. I mean, I'm just being real with you right now. But like, it's so funny to watch with how Bernard Longer still wins, right? Because. It's not that he's, he'll go out there and he'll shoot five under, five under, five under, and he'll win. And it's because the other guys are trying to shoot 10 under and they end up shooting two over. And that's what happens. Yeah. He's just that good. He doesn't miss a fairway. I'm looking at the leaderboard from back in 2007 when Zach Johnson won. And it was really more windy than and cold than it was rainy. But when you look at the leaderboard, obviously Zach Johnson won, tied for second. You had Retief Goosen and Rory Sarvatini. Two guys from South Africa, Justin Rose, uh, that was his coming out party, I believe, tied for fifth. Patrick Harrington tied for seventh, tied for tenth. Paul Casey, Luke Donald. So you had a lot of Europeans, South Africans, Australians. So 
I think you're right on with that, man. Somebody like from said, Bradley Dredge from Wales. I don't know who the heck that is. Who the heck is that? No, this is going to be ugly golf at its finest. And I, I know we've used that term a lot, but if it's when you see the the forecast that you're seeing, um, you're you're not you're not going to have the majesty. It's going to be ma- it's going to be magical, like it's 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 Augusta, right? You're going to have majesty, but it's going to be windy, nasty, ugly, and. We've seen it as recently as twenty, as even 2016. 2016, by the way, was the year that Danny Willett won. Okay. Um, winning score that year was five under par. Yeah. And so... That's when Spieth had like a four-shot lead, right? Yeah, Spieth, Spieth um, blew it. Yeah. yeah. Him and, he, had, he had the lead at the, end of the, at the end of all three first rounds, and then he just uh, fell apart last, the last day. Yeah. And um, that was, by the, year, by the way, a year that Lee Westwood tied for second place. Um, but, so, like I said, guys, keep your eyes open. But at the end this of the day, be, it's still Augusta, right? It'll still it's be still a, Augusta. a great tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to be one of those where, like I said, ugly golf can and probably will end up winning. Looking forward to it. All right. That about does it for Episode 5, guys. We will be back with a preview for Adelaide. If a live guy wins... We definitely got to come back next week to give you a, a little master's recap if one of the live guys wins. Like, we're a live golf podcast. We have to do that. So, we'll so do that. So, one more question for you then, Diggs. Yep. Uh, 18 players. 18 livers. Yep. How many of the 18 do you think make the cut? Um, good, good question, isn't it? Yeah, that is a good question. Let me look it over one more time. I'm going to, you know, think who I, I, my first initial reaction was half. Okay. Honestly, I'm thinking 16 of the 18 will make the cut. Really? Yeah. Wow. You got uh, I, I know that's a very bold statement. That's very I, bold. I, that, that's very bold, Cotton. Now, you got to remember the, uh, the cut at the Masters is one of the nicest cuts there is. So it's, it's like top 55 and, and ties or whatever. You know, it's like top 50 and tied, I think, is the Masters cut. Uh-huh. There's only like 85, 88 players in the Masters. So I really am. I'm, I'm thinking that the live, the 16 of the 18 livers will be, will be in the top 50 after the first two rounds. Because you got to remember, there's a lot of guys in there that are either amateurs or just older players that are kind of on their last leg, you know? Yeah. I just, I just feel like with the pressure, some of these guys, and especially what you're saying with the bad weather, some of these guys are just going to fold up. So I would say I said half. So I, I would, I, I, I'll, I'm happy saying ten. I think ten or under. Ten or under. Okay. It'll okay. be interesting to see where, where we go with this. All right. So I'm placing bets at sixteen. Diggs is playing bet, placing bets at ten. Let us know in in the Twitter comment section. Um, what your bet is? Yeah, closest closest person gets a gets a digital high five from from me. Closest person gets a twenty dollar or what did we do last time? Twenty five dollars, whatever we did last time. Twenty or twenty five twenty five dollar Amazon gift card. Denise won last time. She came the closest for uh, the first week of live golf. So the closest person, make sure. And honestly, we know you're listening to the podcast because we're sixty three minutes in. So. That means you listen to the end. You're an engaged listener, as the analytics call it. So tell us how many of the live golfers will make the cut. Whoever comes closest will win. And also give us 
your top top lip golfer this week. We'll use that as a tiebreaker. Absolutely. That's that's a that's a good bet right that's there. I'm excited one. to see how this goes down. Yep. We're not gonna say anything on Twitter. We're not gonna put it out there. You have to just comment when, when I post the podcast later tonight or early tomorrow morning. Comment on it. Makes that that way we know you listen to the podcast and maybe people will catch on, maybe none. And if there's only one or two comments, hey, you got a better chance to win that twenty five dollar Amazon gift card. That's going to be pretty fun. I'm yes. excited to see how this works out. I'm excited to see how this works out. <laughs> but anyway, that does it for episode five of 54 Live Podcast. Make sure to rate, subscribe, listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 54 Live Pod. Jake is on there as well at Jake something. He's all over on Twitter. You'll be able to find his handle. And uh, yeah, man, enjoy the week, Jake. I'm looking forward to it. Later. Masters week. Masters week, baby. See you all later.